The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Okay, it's the uh, last word on sport and let's talk about football. Our six, five of five and six of six sports anchor Stephen Doyle is over in Amsterdam for tomorrow's game between Netherlands and the Republic of Ireland. We're also joined by Gavin Cooney, sports writer with the 42.ie. And to start with you, Gavin, has there ever been a worse in living memory Irish campaign in trying to qualify for a major tournament? Uh, you're going back to the 1970s, I think, in the days of Liam Toohey there, Matt. I think it's been, yeah, certainly results have been absolutely, well, they've been a disaster, really. I mean, Ireland have beaten Gibraltar twice, home and away, and lost every other match, you know. And this has been the problem under Stephen Kenny's reign, that for all the progress and good football that we've seen, the results haven't been there. And there hasn't even been in, like, we haven't been able to fool ourselves that we might, you know, top a group or qualify for something, because they've all been almost dead on arrival. Like, Ireland's campaign here... Now, they'd look, they got a brutal draw with Holland and with France. You know, it was over after two games when they lost when they lost that game away to uh, Greece and Athens. So, no, it's been a... I know, like, Ireland couldn't have expected to get out of this group, um, but the way, uh, the means by which they've gone about it have been a massive disappointment. Because, Stephen Doyle, a brave performance against France at home and only denied a draw by a wonder save at the very end. But we've been in tough groups before and I don't think we've ever performed as poorly. And is it also sort of damning of Stephen Kenny's reign that each competition he's taken us into, we seem to have gotten worse during them? Yeah, I think that is fair, Matt. I think there's kind of two aspects to this. Um, Look, Stephen Kenny has made mistakes as manager. Um, We have left ourselves open, I think the Irish team, quite a lot in games. He admitted that this evening in the press conference uh, here at the Young Cryferina. He said that um, Ireland went out with that game plan against the Dutch in the first half to go at them hard and fast to try and counter-press them and that they left themselves open. And as he said himself, that the, the big nations around Europe will punish you with those little mistakes. Uh, Ireland didn't cough up too many chances against the Dutch, but the chances that they did cough up, the Dutch were able to take uh, take goals from them. Obviously, one of those were a penalty. But aside from the manager's mistakes, I think we do have to factor in the, 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 the thing, Matt, is that the players, the quality of player that we have in that squad now just isn't up to the same standard that was in that squad 15, 20 years ago. One thing that Ireland always were, I feel, is that they were a solid team defensively good defenders, good defensive midfield, and they were able to keep teams down to low scores. Ireland never really got beaten out the gate by any teams if they ever did lose, and uh, they were always able to keep matches tight. They have kept them tight in this game, in this particular campaign on the whole, but they just haven't had the quality of player, I don't think, to unlock a defence of another team in, in this group. But Stephen, at the press conference today, was any mention made of whether James McLean is likely to start tomorrow? Because the reason I ask that is is that he wasn't named in the squad and now he's brought back in because of injuries from others. But it would almost be consistent with Stephen Kenny's inconsistency to put in a player that he hadn't originally intended to pick. Yep, it is very strange, Matt. Um, We did learn in this press conference, though, that uh, Chidozi Chidozi Ogbeni has been added to the uh, absentee list. He's got an ankle and hamstring problem, so he won't be available for tomorrow. And uh, further, I suppose... uh, uh, furthering the need, I suppose, for somebody like James McLean to come in. But look, you're right. Um, it, it looked we were told he retired that he's going to have a swung song in the uh, game against the New Zealand team in the friendly match next week, um, and that he wouldn't be considered for 
the competitive game against the Dutch. And it does seem rather strange that he's he's back in, like James McLean is at the end of his career. He's playing in the fourth division, uh, fourth tier of English football. Um, and I don't think he can offer a huge amount that maybe some of the younger players could. You see, this goes back as well, Gavin, to what I say about the consistency and inconsistency and that certain players are disposed of, such as Shane Duffy. Now he's back in the team. And Nathan Collins, who we might thought the team would be built around for the future, gets dropped. And you can go through countless examples during Stephen's Kenny reign of chopping and changing and not seem to have any idea of what the best team is going to be. Yeah, that is that's a fair common matter. Maybe that's partly down to the quality of player, you know. I mean the Ireland have built up depth, I suppose, in terms of lots of numbers, but you couldn't argue that many of them have made the case that they should be starting ahead of each other. There's not many absolute undroppables in that team. They're all generally of the same level. Young players own potential and may do good things for Ireland in the future but haven't been able to do it here. The Duffy thing is interesting. I mean he was completely out of the picture. Then Ireland lost in Athens in June. And he's been drafted back in. He's played every game since. And I, like, look, look at his performance against the Netherlands at home. You couldn't necessarily say that that was the performance of a man who deserved to keep his place. But I think he's almost in the team because he's an elder player at this point, Matt. Like, I mean, he, if you listen, if you can, and the atmosphere has been such at some of these Ireland games, you can hear the players talk on the pitch. Duffy's the only one who you'll hear barking instructions at them. And I think that's something... That's been a problem for Ireland in this campaign, that the squad is just so young. You know, if you look at average age, it's the second youngest across all of Europe. So when the players talk about making mistakes and being on the wrong side of small margins, you're wondering, are, are the players just too young and inexperienced and inconsistent to get it done at this level against high-quality opposition who'll punish you every single mistake you make. So I think one of the reasons Duffy's back in the team is just because he's a bit of a leader. And it's no coincidence that the Ireland's best performance in this campaign was the only game that Seamus Coleman played at home to France in March. He's been out injured since, and he's been massively missed. You're only short of saying, Gavin, you win nothing with kids. <laughs> I wasn't going to leave myself open to circumstance <laughs> with that, but I suppose it might make me as famous as Alan Hansen. So, yeah, Matt, you'll win nothing with kids. Okay. What's the expectation, do you think, for the game tomorrow night, Stephen? Is it just a question of a draw would be an encouraging result? I'll give you an interesting one, Matt. I was just going through the records there. The Dutch have never beaten the Republic of Ireland in Amsterdam, would you believe? Um, you'd have to go back to, uh, they did beat uh, the Republic of Ireland uh, back in 1980, where's my stats gone here, 1982. Um, that was in Rotterdam. And the previous win before that was 1934 when Ireland were actually playing as the Irish Free State. So technically, they've never beaten the Republic of Ireland in Amsterdam, surprisingly enough. Um, but looking at that Dutch team, their squad, they lost uh, Jeremy Frimpong yesterday. They're already without a number of key defenders. Sven Botman from Newcastle, uh, Matthias De Ligt. They're not out, brilliant, uh, are they? I mean, I know they had a good no. World Cup, but even since they've come back from the World Cup, they haven't exactly impressed. And the French have dealt with them quite comfortably, haven't they? Yeah, absolutely. And um, the other thing, though, is one thing that Stephen Kenny did note is the fact that they beat the Greeks by three goals to nil and they were 3 nil up at half time in that game. So that goes to show you that they can be a real threat at home. But it's interesting, listen, there's some Dutch journalists talking about the likes of Frankie de Jong, who they thought was the future for Dutch football. They thought this guy was going to be, you know, the, the, the engine room of this Dutch team and that he hasn't really uh, established himself as that kind of big controlling midfielder in a top European side. Um, but as we saw, he's out. He's out. As it happens for that game tomorrow, 
Um, and Virgil van Dijk could be the main man in that defence for them. And we saw how he did struggle a little bit against Ireland in that game against Dublin, or a game against Ireland in Dublin, um, when Adamita put under a huge amount of pressure in the opening stage of, the, of that game. And you have to think as well, Matt, Evan Ferguson, who's got off to a great start in his international career, it's a massive chance for him tomorrow night as well. He's shown that he can do it on the big stage. He was here in Amsterdam with Brighton just over a week ago playing in the Conference League. So it's a huge chance for him to go out. I'm sure he'll be really motivated. Yeah, but does it actually, Stephen, does it really matter? There's talk this week now that he could be Ireland's first ever 100 million euro transfer that Manchester United might break the bank to get him at some stage in the next year or so. Such a move isn't going to depend on his performances in the game like tomorrow night, are they? No, absolutely not. And the thing is, well, Matt, as we saw with Ireland, um, or as we've seen with Ireland, he does struggle to get chances in this Irish team because there isn't the quality there to feed him um, the ball as he gets with Brighton. So it will be interesting to see if he goes to a Manchester United team, he's going to need top quality players around him. As we've seen, this uh, that current Manchester United squad maybe doesn't have that uh, that kind of quality that can okay. be a striker of the talents of Evan Ferguson. But Gavin I, Cooney. I'm excited for him tomorrow. Gavin Cooney, what about Stephen Kenny? I mean, everything has been prefaced in what's expected to be his last competitive international. I mean, is there anybody who seriously thinks that Stephen Kenny will still be the Irish manager after the New Zealand friendly next week? No, the, the expectation is it's done just by the paperwork, really. So his contract is out at the end of this campaign. The campaign will end on Tuesday. There'll be a board meeting of the FBI at the end of the month. They have obviously got some other things on the agenda of the board at the moment, but the expectation is that, that this is over now. And I think in, in, in the months and years to come, I think people will look back and, and pick out the positives and look at all the young players he's brought through. And maybe you'll think that maybe Stephen Kenny got his dream job and a nightmare time when the players weren't available and he had to refresh everything. But, uh, yeah, the, the expectation among everyone, and I think privately he would admit it as well, uh, that tomorrow night in Amsterdam will be the last time he leads Ireland in a competitive match. And is there any soundings as to who might replace him? Because, obviously, the, the FAI doesn't seem to have a bob at the moment. It has very little money available to it to go out and get a big-name candidate. Will it even be able to afford the likes of Lee Carsley to get him out of the England Under-21 job? I don't know. I think they might have to tug on Lee Carsley's heartstrings uh, to get him over uh, to take the Ireland job. Carsley is a compelling candidate, but uh, we don't know. It, to my knowledge, anyway, it's not been the case that there's been any kind of contact made on the sly there. So he's the, he's a compelling candidate. But there was an interesting line in the Irish Sun a few weeks ago that Stephen Kenny is on roughly half a million a year, whereas the average salary for a manager in the Championship in England second tier is about a million a year. So that'll just give you an idea as to where Ireland will be shopping. And I know everything at the moment is dominated by Stephen Kenny and his future. But the grim reality for Ireland here is that there is no manager out there that can make, wave a magic wand and instantly improve. But sort of Steve, is a guarantee. Yeah. Stephen, what sort of manager do we want? I mean, because, say for example, he had for a brief period John Eustace as his assistant, who was manager at, Bri- at Birmingham recently, sixth place in the championship before he was fired to make way for Wayne Rooney, which seems like a crazy decision by Birmingham. And can the Irish team really go for somebody like a, a relative unknown like a John Eustace or to get people interested again and to get a sponsor in, does it need to be a big name manager? Well, Matt, I think it's a, it's a, everybody will tell you it's down to results. You need to get results. I think this Irish squad now, there's talent there. There's enough talent there for a good manager to work with. We know we've got good defenders there. There's one of the best goalkeepers in Europe, Gavin Bazuna, who I know has had a bit of a tricky time at Southampton, but he is improving. Um, you've got Evan Ferguson there, who I think will be a massive carrot 
for any manager worth their salt to work with. If you can build a team around arguably the best young striker in European football at the moment, that's a huge carrot, I think, for any, for any potential manager. I'm kind of thinking, Matt, you need somebody with a bit of experience, I think, at this stage. Don't say what one listener has just sent in. Sam Allardyce with Robbie oh, God, Keane, his no, friend no. from four games at Leeds, back in the FEI as assistant manager. <laughs> well, Matt, can I give you two, listen, can I give you two that I've been banging on about for a while? Vladimir Pekovic, who was uh, formerly of the Swiss uh, national team, got them to uh, three, four campaign or four finals, I think, World Cups and European Championships. He got to a last 16 of a World Cup, quarterfinals of European Championship. They were very close to knocking France out of the last Euros, as it happened. He had a decent selection of players, but not really world beaters. And he's a man with experience. He was in charge of that team for, I think, nearly a decade. Another one I think would be worth looking at, I don't know how much it would cost, but Ruud van Nistelrooy, who uh, left the uh, PSV Eindhoven job um, before the end of last season, there's a man who was one of the greatest strikers in European football. Imagine having him looking after Evan Ferguson trying to build a team around okay. him. Okay, Gavin, you any names to throw at us? Uh, well, can I just calm the nation, first of all, that Sam Allardyce wouldn't get out of bed for what the FAI <laughs> We don't need to worry about that. Uh, Asher, I don't know, I, mean, I think Carsey is probably the compelling candidate, really, but there's a field really lacking in them. Like Damien Duff will probably be Ireland manager one day, but it seems like maybe now is not the time, given how committed... Well, he is to Shelburne and how committed Shelburne uh, is to him. I mean, Jim Crawford uh, is the current under-21s manager, is doing very good things with that team, given all of his best players are with the senior squad at the moment. So I don't know if the FBI would go down that route again. So look, Carsey's probably the compelling name, but uh, we've a long long way to run on that. Just very briefly, Gavin, fascinating stuff going on in the Premier League in England. Ten-point deduction for Everton. And you wonder, will that... Be stick with them. Potential have been been sued as well by relegated teams in recent seasons under the financial fair play rules. But if Everton are going to get a ten point deduction, what the hell is going to be done with Manchester City and Chelsea, over whom far more serious allegations hang? Yeah, this feels like the first day in a ma- in a new era for the Premier League, and it may not be a successful one for them, just in terms of uh, you know uh, remaining a massive commercial success. This is the whiff of, you know, Serie A in the 2000s about it. So Everton have been docked 10 points for a financial fair play breach. They effectively lost too much money over a three-year period than they were permitted. Only about £20 million pounds too much. Um, and Man City have 115 charges um, standing over them. So, you know, multiply 115 by 10 is too simplistic a way of doing it. But, I mean, realistically, if the Premier League would be consistent on that and if City are found guilty, you're looking at a point... Um, deduction that could relegate Manchester City or indeed Chelsea who are subject to an investigation at the moment as well so uh, Everton will appeal it they feel it's excessively harsh and they feel the Premier League is taking an example of them at a time where the government are talking about independent uh, regulation of the Premier League this is almost let's slap Everton with 10 points and show that we can regulate ourselves as to how fair that is or not I'm not sure but that's that's what Jamie Carragher for instance has been saying in the press today so no like uh, the highest points deduction ever in the Premier League and it feels like it's um, you know setting the tone for even bigger cases to come. Gavin Cooney from the 42.ie. Stephen Doyle uh, from our own Today FM Sports Room. Thank you both. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today FM.